Hello, and welcome to the Vitality Women Leading Audaciously podcast. I am Jennifer Helene, CEO of Purposeful Ventures, devoted to naturally innovative solutions for the realignment of humanity. We believe that stories connect us, dismantling the illusion of separation, causing healing. This interview will be 20 to 30 minutes long, and I look forward to sharing on Common Ground. Hello and welcome to Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. Today, our honored guest is Noor Ali. She is the CEO of a company that she founded specializing in healthcare. I apologize, I've forgotten the name. Please, please help me with that. Sure, it's Dr. Noor Healthcare Advisor. Thank you, Dr. Noor Healthcare Advisor. And I am so excited to talk to her because healthcare is something that a lot of people struggle with. We need it. Some of us don't want it, um, but it's something that we all have. And um, how do we utilize it optimally? And so I'm really excited to hear about uh, her story, like how she got into this, like why? Because you could have done anything with your life. Like, how did you come to this? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Elaine. Thank you for the opportunity to be here and share my story. And of course, um, share some resources about the healthcare industry, which can be a very daunting and unsexy topic for a lot of female leaders out there. Mm, yeah. What, how did you get into it? What was it that led you here? Ah, oh, I want to say my story really started with failure. It wasn't a career that I thought out. Um, it's something that I definitely fell into. Um, I started out uh, with, with a fast track career in medicine. Ever since I was five years old, I knew that I always, always wanted to be in medicine. I looked up to my grandfather a lot, who was an anesthesiologist. Um, I grew up in New York City, and all my my entire educational career was kind of fast-tracked towards medicine. So everybody knew I was going to grow up and be a doctor, and that's exactly what happened. I went to medical school right after high school uh, back in my home country in Bangladesh, and I really excelled. I struggled in you know the living conditions there. It was a third-world, low-resource place, but I excelled in my education. I graduated top 3% with a 4.0 GPA, and I was doing really, really well practicing general surgery. Um, but um, I got married uh, to my husband who lived in Manhattan at the time. So after I finished up my training in Bangladesh, I, I moved back to the States to be with him. But the way it is for foreign doctors like myself, um, we don't have to go through medical school and training again. However, we do have to pass the licensing exams, which is a series of exams. So the first uh, step in those series of exams, step one I studied for about two years and it was a big disconnect with practicing surgery, which I had been for a couple of years and, and the content on that exam. And I failed it by one question. And that really, really crushed me. It, it just severed everything because I went from being such a high performing professional to, to being nothing, I, to being a high school graduate on paper really back oh, in the God. States. And mm -hmm. I wasn't getting any work. I was working in fast food restaurants and it, it really crushed my soul. And I needed a win, Helene. I just needed to feel like I was good enough, I was worthy, I had purpose, I can contribute to my household. Um, so all of that led me to move down to Florida to just kind of reevaluate and you know figure things out. And I got this opportunity for health insurance, which meant nothing to me at the time, because mm -hmm. where I studied and grew up, um, my country doesn't have an insurance system, it's pay per, per service, really. Um, so I was very unfamiliar with it. But as I was in this role, in, the, in this tr training, I was handed this medical underwriting guide. And the language was very 
you know, it, it was my language. It was, it was everything that I knew and I had studied. And I thought I can do this. I can figure this out. So that's really when I stepped into my power and I learned to marry my clinical education, combine it with this entrepreneurial spirit and really just give back the knowledge and everything that I had learned so far to help other founders figure out their health insurance, a topic that's really can be convoluted and, and scary. Yeah. Wow. So interesting. What a fascinating journey you've had. And yeah. I can only imagine my soul would have been crushed too, because you clearly have a love for medicine and you're interested in healthcare. So um, for all those who are listening today and, and who are also finding themselves in a similar position where you, you wanted to do something or you're currently doing something that you don't love, like nor your story is so powerful to help give us inspiration to make that pivot um, and to seek out something, you know, that maybe Maybe it's cl closely related, but it sounds like you've made a lot of, um, you know, a lot of acceleration in this area. You've probably been doing it for a while. Yeah, I've, I've been in health insurance consulting for about four years. I've spoken to so many, so many people. I work all across the country, really just giving advice and trying to figure out and unravel people's um, challenging situations. So that's really what, what I pride myself in is just any problem that you have or any unique solution you have with health insurance. I'd like to be the one to take on that challenge and, and solve it. Oh my gosh. Well, gosh, where do we even start? I know. <laughs> problems in healthcare. Well, I feel like it's a sick model. It's not a well model. And that that's my biggest problem with, with health insurance. Um, and that's just the way it is. So I need to suck it up and, and play, play ball. And so I do have health insurance and I always have, but I really regret having it to, to a certain extent because I am so healthy. And a lot of the women listening are also health enthusiasts. And they're like, why do I have this super fancy, expensive health insurance? You know, it can cost them $20,000, $30,000 a year just to have great health insurance for a family. And um, I mean, listen, we're lucky if we can get in at $1,000 a month, right? For decent health insurance. But you probably know a lot of the ins and outs. Do you represent one company or a variety of companies? So I represent whatever's in your best interest. So Helena, I'd like to talk about that a little. Like, you know, your listeners are, are probably really, really healthy, healthy people, healthy women who take care of themselves, who take care of their families. So the plans that I've, you know, as I've grown in my career that I really advocate for, that I feel strongly passionate about and can put my name behind are medically underwritten health insurance plans. And this is a model that's very different from the norm in the sense that instead of using your income or your you know, business revenue or where you, you know, live, we're going to use your good health as the primary determining factor for calculating your premiums and come up with, with a solution that way. And I think that serves a lot of health conscious women in so many, so many ways and solves kind of solves that problem because you're right. We're in a model where, and I love your language, there, a sick model, not a well model, but we're still, even though we're transitioning how the industry is valuing prevention and wellness yeah. and alternative medicine and functional and integrative care rather than traditional allopathic routes, our healthcare system is still structured in such a way that you need to have quality healthcare mm -hmm. to prevent medical bankruptcy. You uh, still can't afford to not have health insurance and face an accident or catastrophe yeah. or you have to, you know what I mean? Like you still have to have it. Yeah. So, so what can I do as an individual? I, and I don't ever claim to like, you know, change the broken system, but really leveraging you where you are. So as a high income earner, as someone who's health conscious, as someone who still needs a traditional health in insurance in place, even though the value is more on integrative care, you know, that's kind of like the solution that I found and that I can put my name behind. Mm, I love that. Yeah, because I mean, early prevention is key. And as we get older, you know, we need to be sure that we're getting our well checks, but the well check, you know, between the blood work and the doctor's visits, I just had mine done. I mean, we're looking at if you're, if I'm out of pocket, it's about 
to do the level that I'm doing, it's about $10,000 to get it all done at the level I want it. And so that, you know, it's like, well, you know, health insurance will help out a bit, you know, <laughs> it's good to have it. Um, but clearly if anything shows up on any of those diagnostic testings, you know, you've got to go deeper and God forbid there'd be anything that would show up, but you just never know. I know so many women who've had stage three and four breast cancer in their forties. And all of that could have been prevented by early detection. I know that my mother didn't have health insurance and she went into the hospital way too late and ended up dying. I mean, it is, it is something that can really make or break you um, having the right kind of health insurance that's affordable and that functions. For example, I spend a ton of money on acupuncture, chiropractic, osteopath, um, and, um, and supplements, you know, and, and it always baffles me that it's not covered by health insurance, that they're not even interested in the prevention model. Um, but maybe you see trends that are moving in that direction. Do you have any good news for us on that front? Good news in the sense that the general population is gearing more towards that prevention model and seeking care from these practitioners. Bad news in the sense that these healthcare practitioners are still not recognized and awarded as um, you know, medical care providers, because it doesn't fit into the allopathic model. So they're not recognized by insurance companies as, okay, we need to reimburse or cover this cost as a claim. Mm. So, you know, again, the solution has not been like, well, now we need to force big insurance to accept these providers and take it. Well, it's how do we find that balance where we can still seek care where we want to, but have quality health insurance in place in the event of the emergency and catastrophic. So no, I don't have a beautiful, neat little answer for you, but that's kind of the middle ground that I've, I've been experiencing and trying to advocate for. Oh, that's really exciting though. I mean, it's just, it's true. It's the allopathic, yeah. model, as you say, so succinctly. Um, curious though, about anything that you know re regarding health coaching inside of health insurance cups. I always feel like right now there's this unusually high amount of health coaches that are trained, well-trained mm -hmm. and certified, um, but there's not like a state board certification. Well, there is actually, they just came out with one, I think within the last three years, but they're not really recognized by healthcare um you know, insurance companies, from what I understand. Correct. Yeah. From yeah. traditional companies, there there aren't. But what I have seen, which is great, with some of the bigger corporations who offer employer-sponsored benefits, they're offering either subsidized, uh, like if you want to see care there, they're offering subsidized cost of the coach's services or putting it together in, in a package wellness model. Or what I something else I've seen very trending is some uh, facilities like One Medical or Tia Clinic where they have more holistic care, where a health coach is part of your care and your treatment. So with that subscription model, so this is the, the DPC, the direct patient, patient concierge type of model, yes. where you have a subscription fee to your, to your clinic and your care includes holistic services, which includes services of a health coach. Yeah, excellent. And so the range of of cost, you know, for in terms of like, you know, accident care versus full full coverage. I mean, I know that there are certain plans, I think United is one of them that offers like the bare minimum um and then you have others that of course cover everything uh, imaginable with high and low deductibles. I mean, it's really like it's very challenging. It's like a completely different language for a layperson. Not somebody like yourself who's trained as a medical doctor or a surgeon really. Um it's really, it's really like a quagmire. And then, you know, all the, the special language, I always have to say to like my insurance people, like, okay, hold on, back up. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think being a, a healthcare pr practitioner, a provider does not at all make me, you know, adept at insurance. This was actually very foreign to me when I was studying. And now some of my, my colleagues and clients who come to me for health insurance, they're just as equally stupefied by the insurance industry. 
So, you know, before I was a health insurance expert, I, I was pissed off about deductibles. Like, what the heck is that? And why do I have to pay it? You know, and it made me feel like insurance is a scam, but that's only because I didn't know and understand it just like the layperson. So, you know, I try to take it upon myself to really do that education piece thoroughly to make you understand and love your plan. Like you said, that if your wellness costs are going to be $10,000 and Helene, I, I get this question a lot. And this is how I like to answer it. When, when, when I get asked, well, what will you, Nor, you work with so many insurance companies. What is the best insurance company or what's the best one? Give me the best one. And it's not about the company at all, Helene. Insurance, you will feel that you have good health insurance when it covers the thing you, things you want it to. Like yeah. What if your, your $10,000 of cost was completely free to you? You would love your insurance company, whether that's Blue Cross or Cigna or whatever the heck it is, right? Yes. So insurance, good insurance is really when it covers what you want it to cover. So, so all of my conversations start with, well, what is a quality healthcare to you? What are the things you need covered? Let's find that plan. Let's craft that. And let's get you access to that. Yeah. I always wondered why someone didn't start a health insurance company that covered yoga you know, only, you know, only, uh, you know, things that are, that are really preventative. Um, I thought that would be an interesting model, but you'd need, you probably need a ton of startup money for that. But I, I just think that would be a brilliant, brilliant idea of, of well care insurance companies that focused on well care. Do you think it's you're, time? You're right. It is time. It is time. And I've been like ranting about it on social media for years now. So unfortunately big insurance hasn't caught on, but bigger companies who are kind of forward and progressive thinking, they've included that in their benefits package, which is, which is great. Yeah. Is great. yeah. Do you miss, um, do you miss being a doctor? Do you miss surgery? Do you, do you want to go? I really, really do. I really do. I feel like that's been my natural skill. You know, that's just what I'm good at. I can take something really, really complicated and I can make it simple. And I'm very good with my hands and, you know, that feeling of flow when you're just like naturally good. That's what I feel like when I have a scalpel in my hand. Um, so yeah, I, I, and I think I'd be lying to myself if I told myself like, this is what I, I've always wanted to do. It's really not. It's not what I've always wanted to do. I'm very happy with the success and the progress that I've had. But I think deep inside, I really do miss clinical medicine. Mm. Do you think you'll go back one day, maybe? I do. And I do go back and I volunteer my time. My My medical practitioner license is still active in Bangladesh. So um, I try to go back once a year uh, for about a quarter and volunteer my time and services. Um, I think the COVID pandemic, I wasn't able to go every year, but um, I do do that. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Good for you. I've never been to Bangladesh, but I'm sure it's magnificent. I don't know. It's a low resource third world country. I don't know if it's magnificent, but it's, there's a lot to learn. And I think as, as women of, of impact who are high earners who have more to give and want to make a difference, these are spaces that we do need to visit and identify you know, social crises and see how we can make an impact. So it's not, not a pleasant luxury experience, but there's a lot of opportunity to do good work. Yeah. Well, I tend to, I personally tend, I love to go to places that are uh, unadulterated. So I tend to like the, those kinds of trips, to be honest, it really takes me out of the reality that I'm in here in Los Angeles um, and puts me into something that's more real, something sure. that's so tangible. It's so raw. Um, and it just, it's like so humanizing to like, just be yeah. like, oh, it, you know, this is how humans live, you know, and, and it's still happening. And so we've just yeah. gotten so far away from our natural, our natural connection to the cycles of nature, the seasons, the foods, um, there's so many cycles that we've broken just, just by our modern culture. Also in Florida, I lived in Florida for a little bit, so it's, it's yeah. not that much different there actually. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think it's, it's important if we have the opportunity to go 
uh, and visit different cultures and immerse ourselves in practices that are so wildly different from our day-to-day -day lives just to get an understanding that this is the, the same human body, the same anatomy and physiology, and they're living a, just a wildly different life. And it's still possible. And, and you know, what can we do to either better their life or what can we do to bring that back into our lives and understand newer, better ways of living or just different, just like different ways of living. Um, one of my most interesting observations is I was, I was there during the COVID pandemic, just observing and volunteering my time with my colleagues in Bangladesh in, in the COVID treatment wards, just observing how the poorest population you know, the slum dwellers and just very, very low income, those living in poverty, they were, they did not die from COVID. They actually survived because of how strong their immunity was and because how poor their living conditions were, but that just strengthened their body and resistance and immunity. So all the patients that we saw in the ICU and the COVID wards were just, um, you know, higher income, richer, fattier diet living in the cities. Um, and just had other comorbidities. So it was very interesting observation. So it was the disparity was between rich and poor. So poor people survived the pandemic, rich people did not in Bangladesh. That's fascinating. So yeah. interesting. And was was vaccination a topic? Like were people getting vaccinated in Bangladesh or not so much? Yes, people were getting vaccinated in Bangladesh, but it was such a high population country. Um, some of there was a, a shortage of, of supply. So there were they had to do it in batches. Um, and, and prioritize and triage who was getting the vaccine first and second. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I would love to look at the data on that now that we're, you know, con sure. cons considered post-pandemic. Yeah, I, I, right. I, we don't need to necessarily talk about that, you know, sure. and things like that, but it's just interesting right. in the healthcare, in the healthcare yes. arena. How do you do it? How, like when you are, um, you know, working as an entrepreneur, you're serving your clients and your your husband, your family. So like, how do you uh, maintain the balance for your your own life? Yeah. Um, and that took me a long time to figure out. And Helene, so if there's anyone listening who's just like, you know, thinks that everyone has it together, we definitely don't. Definitely tons and tons and tons of struggle. Um, and it took a long time to figure it out. So my schedule now and the balance that I found for myself, um, especially during the pandemic, is like every other day. So I'll have very intense, you know, meeting heavy, long work hour days. And then the next day I'll have no meetings. I'll take it easy, you know, not even go into the office if I want to stay home at my home office. So that every other day cadence has been great for me. So the days that I'm having, you know, new business focused and meeting focused, I'm not really, I don't have my family like my son and my husband on my mind. And the days that I don't, I'm really just focusing a little bit more on myself, my health, my home. Um, so that cadence has been great. And when I'm doing that one thing, I just make sure that I don't multitask. Um, when I was a new mother, um, you know, three months, four month old baby, and I was trying really hard to get back into the swing of work and I was breastfeeding and I was trying to take care of client business, trying to get new business. And it was absolutely awful. I was failing miserably at both. My, my child was screaming because I wasn't giving him my full attention. My clients were unhappy because they, they didn't feel, you know, my attention and my care to them. And I was struggling and really just losing at both. And that's when I, and I realized that I can't do both at the same time and be good. I have to pick one or the other. So I don't multitask when I, when I'm with new business, I'm just client focused. When I'm with my family, I'm not taking phone calls and I'm not at my desk. I really think that's the key to success. Uh, you know, is that, that presence, you know, being fully present and allowing yourself the space and time. And I appreciate you saying that you were failing at both when you were trying to spread yourself too thin, because we want to be everything for everybody, including ourselves, but it just isn't possible. Yeah, it's just not. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I love that. You're actually the first guest in about 100 interviews now uh, that's really broken it down like that, like one day, every other day. Um, that includes weekends or is that weekdays only? 
Yeah, so it's weekdays and weekends um, for my business. I kind of have to be a little bit available on, on weekends for my clients that are just too busy during the week. Uh, but again, I split it well enough, I would say. So Saturday mornings, I'm available for my clients if they need me. Rest of the weekend is for my family. So Saturday work, Sunday business, Monday work, Tuesday home, like that. So every other day. Love it. Yeah, I love that strategy. I'm sure that a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, great idea. I could do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it took me a while to like give myself permission. Like, why do I have to work five days a week straight if it's, if it's just too darn difficult for me? Like, yeah. if I need that gap every other day then why don't I create my schedule that day like what is stopping me but it took myself like years to just give that permission that hey you can if this is what you need you can do that you can create that yeah that's the word permission a lot of us just will not give ourselves that permission and when you're feeling really tired nor what what is your go-to to revitalize yourself yeah. Um, so my self-care, the two things that really bring me joy and make me happy is reading and skincare. So if I'm feeling that that thin and burnout, that means go to bed early, um, read a fiction book. So uh, I make sure to avoid like business or things that'll wire me up, like self-development yeah. even or inspire me too much. I just want something like fantasy and fiction that's so far from my reality that'll just allow me to escape. Yeah. So I always keep a fiction paperback on my uh, nightstand. And then I take like a bunch of skincare products and I just like do skincare as I'm reading in bed. So I'm not doing anything. I'm doing something that brings me joy and I'm taking care of myself that way. That's so beautiful. I love that. Yeah. You. Thank you. Yeah. I, I should be reading more. I don't read as much <laughs> as I used to. I listen a lot. I do that audible. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I like that idea. There's something about like having the book in your hand or even the Kindle and just reading. It's, it's a different, it's a different, it's, it's very relaxing, isn't it? I think it forces you to be more present too, because with audible, it allows us to multitask. Yeah. Um, so now I'm more intentional about things that am I really just doing one thing at a time or am I lying to myself and am I still like glancing at my other monitor and checking email while I'm listening to this audio? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I'm also like a big bath taker. Okay. Um, so when you might be in bed doing the skincare, I'm in the, like a salt bath doing. Like, yeah. <laughs> I like that. There's, there's something about the transpiring, like the sweating. It really, mm -hmm. I feel so clean. I don't know how else to describe it. It's kind of a strange thing. You don't think of sweat as clean, but after right. I expire, you know, excessively, yeah. um, I know it can also cause imbalance in health, but I do feel like there's some kind of release, like deep, deep release um, that combined with the water. Um, but I do a lot of uh, skincare as well. And a lot of like massaging the skin, brushing the sure. skin, foliating the skin. Like this is a, that's another topic for another time. Yeah. But, yeah. So um, I am super interested and I'm sure my listeners are as well in learning more about how um, I could get your advice on my healthcare um, and so on and so forth. So where, what's the best way for us to get in touch with you? Sure. Yeah. So you can find it about me um, on my website. So that's drnorhealth.com, D-R-N-O-O-R-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. I'm also very active on social media. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn. You'll find me on stories on Instagram and TikTok all the time. Um, and really, if you have a complaint or a curiosity towards health insurance, I'd really encourage you to, to book a 15 minute consultation with me. It's 100% free. Um, and in the very least, if, if you've got healthcare that you're like, hmm, I wonder if there's something something better, um, I'd love to kind of do that research for you and, and offer that guidance. And, and sometimes I say, you know what, Helene, you've got a great plan. And I think it's working for you. Hold on to that plan. Keep it. Uh, and that assurance sometimes is, is powerful as well, just to feel confident that, you know what, I've got a good health insurance plan and I think I'm going to make the most of it. Um, so I just want to encourage your listeners to, to take advantage of that consultation with me and just learn and understand about their health insurance. 
um, and, and let me do some research for you. See if there's anything better out there. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. We will include all of that in the show notes as well. But in case you're just listening now, you have her website and you know where to find her. And it sounds like our uh, our practice area is to book a 15 minute consult because I am so curious. My yeah. Any last words of wisdom for our listeners? Yeah, thank you. Um, I would just say to, to keep going if you're um, listening to this and you're, and you're in a place where you're just unsure or there's uncertainty, you know, we've all been there in, in our early career. So just, just don't stop and keep going and believe in yourself. I think that's the message I'd like for everyone to know. Yeah. Don't stop. Keep going and believe in yourself. I think that's the trickiest one. That last one, you know, believe in yourself. Yeah. Cause I didn't, I know that everyone who knows, loves me believes in me. And uh, sometimes I'm, I'm not the best one at that. So thanks for that reminder, Nora. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Honey. You've been a wonderful, wonderful guest, Dr. Nora Ali. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. Please contact me if you're interested in cultivating more vitality at jennifer-helene.com on the contact page. If you know this episode would be of value to your community, please share it on all of your social media channels. Maybe you are a successful working mom who would like to share your story on this podcast. Please visit podcast.jennifer-helene.com backslash podcast-guest to apply. And you might know someone who would be an ideal guest. If so, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. I absolutely love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team in getting the word out about how to realign humanity with purpose. Purposeful Ventures is a company that is helping moms succeed in revitalizing their lives, relationships, businesses, and health. Please join a more personal conversation by working directly with me, joining my private Facebook group or one of my programs. This is Jennifer Helene, and thanks for spending your precious time with me.